0: Hello, and welcome to the Clinical Care Options Infectious Disease Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Meredith. In our series on RSV, today's episode focuses on the recommendations by the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, or ACIP, for RC vaccines in older adults. Joining me is Dr. Angela Branch, Associate Professor of Medicine at the University of Rochester, New York, for the full online educational program, including downloadable slides, patient resource guides, and other podcasts in the series. Please visit the link in the show notes. Now let's get started and hear what Dr. Branch has to say about this topic. 2023
1: has been a really exciting time for many of us uh, as clinicians and research scientists who have been studying RSV for the last several decades. I think historically, most of us are aware of RSV as a, an important pathogen in early childhood. If you've had a child, if you're a pediatrician and you are a family practice doctor and you take care of children, more than likely you come into contact with kids, young kids, babies, um, usually under the age of two uh, who've had a serious RSV infection and moderate to severe disease and have ended up having sort of a, a significant illness or even requiring hospitalization. It's becoming increasingly evident to the general practitioner and and the medical community that it's also an important pathogen of adulthood as well. The reason why I said it's an exciting time for us who study RSV and who've worked really hard to define the burden of disease in adult populations is because um, in the last year, two very effective vaccines have been licensed by the FDA for adults 60 years and older. And so these two vaccines underwent their phase three efficacy trials in 2021-2022, and they were approved by the FDA in early and late spring of 2023, this year. After the FDA approves a vaccine, then the evidence is presented to our regulatory body here in the United States that determines how vaccines should be used, which is the Center for Disease Controls, the ACIP. Those meetings occurred this summer. And the ACIP is made up of a body of primarily clinicians from all different sort of specialties who have a lot of experience in um, sort of weighing the risks and benefits of vaccines and are able then to make a recommendation to providers and to the general public on how these vaccines should be used. So getting vaccines out to the public is really sort of a two-step, uh, multi-step process, and having it approved by the FDA is only one of the necessary steps. Then the CDC and the ACIP have to look at the evidence and really weigh the risks and benefits and determine who's going to most benefit from these vaccines. So the ACIP met this past summer and they voted on whether or not they would recommend the two RSV vaccines to the general public and how they would make that recommendation. And the decision um, made by the ACIP was that they would recommend these two vaccines to adults aged 60 years of age and older under a practice called shared clinical decision-making. So what does shared clinical decision-making mean? Shared clinical decision-making means that the ACIP and the CDC recognizes that RSV is an important disease um, that causes significant morbidity and mortality in older adult populations, and that there are groups within older adult populations for whom the benefits of these vaccines might upgrade any potential risks. And that having made that recommendation, they would still like to see some evidence in the post-marketing of these vaccines that helps them better define those risks. Now, from sort of the epidemiological studies, we know what some of these risks are, but in a phase three efficacy trial, you don't always get good representation of risk groups by age, by medical conditions, by frailty, because uh, an efficacy trial usually only has about 20 to 30,000 people in it. And so you always need more evidence to sort of refine what you know in terms of how well these vaccines work in certain populations. And so the ACIP um, recommended that the vaccines be made available for adults 60 years of age and older, but that the the decision as to who will benefit most be made under this practice of shared clinical decision-making, which means that adults 60 years and older should have a conversation with their primary care provider where they share sort of the decision as to whether or not that specific patient will benefit from the vaccine based on their clinical status, which includes things like age, their underlying medical conditions, and their overall sort of state of health and, and frailty. So, how should the provider go about having these conversations and making these decisions? Which I think is what's going to be tricky over the next couple of years as um, these vaccines roll out to general public and uh, sort of the the burden of 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 make of helping patients understand their risks and make decisions that are going to be in their their best interests sort of happens. I think it's it's very complex. Um, I think it'll be. Um, maybe a little bit of a challenge uh, for primary care providers, um, because they're not just only going to be talking about the RSV vaccines, but um, they're also going to be talking about influenza vaccine administration, COVID-19 vaccine booster, shingles, pneumococcal, all of these things that uh, we vaccinate this particular population with, and sometimes all within the same season. These will be complex conversations, but I think some of the things that will guide uh, these conversations should be the general health of the patient um, that's sitting in front of you. So how would I do this if it was me and this is my practice? Because I'll be having some of these conversations with my own patients. The first thing I'll consider is age. There's been a wealth of data, both from the CDC, some work we've done here in Rochester and other groups around the world that have shown that with each decade of life, risk for um, hospitalization, severe illness, uh, morbidity, and potentially even death due to RSV infection increases. And so when you jump from your 60s to your 70s, in fact, the rates of hospitalizations double. When you jump from your 70s to your 80s, it doubles again. And so the older your your patient population or your specific patient might be, the higher the risks. And so while a healthy 60-year-old patient, you might say, well, you probably don't need it this year. If your patients are in their 70s and 80s, because of that doubling of risk of hospitalization, severity, and again, morbidity and mortality, those might be patients where you say, you know, I think you really will benefit from the RSV vaccine, and we should go ahead and try to vaccinate you this year. The other thing to take in consideration, that I will take into consideration, is their underlying health. So again, the healthy 60-year-old might not need to be vaccinated this year, but a 60-year-old patient with fairly severe COPD, um, especially those that are on oxygen, the ones that have um, poorly controlled disease, that have frequent exacerbations, uh, that's a patient for whom RSV infection could lead to a severe outcome. And so that's someone that I would recommend, even though they're in their early 60s, be vaccinated against RSV. Similarly, um, we do know that RSV poses a significant threat in patients who have underlying heart diseases, specifically and, and particularly congestive heart failure. Uh, so my patients with congestive heart failure, class three or class four, even if they're otherwise, you know, doing pretty well and they're in their early 60s and they're not particularly frail, that combination of RSV and CHF has been shown to lead to increased risk of mortality than those who don't have RSV, um, don't have congestive heart failure or don't get have their congestive heart failure exacerbated by an RSV infection. So, most of my CHF patients, I will also be recommending that they get vaccinated against RSV if they're 60 years and older. And then there are other things that we know are associated with um, severe outcomes when you're infected with RSV the presence of diabetes, uh, the presence of other coronary disease states, chronic kidney disease, and and patients with end stage renal disease on hemodialysis, potentially chronic liver diseases. Um, These are things that have been shown historically. To uh, be associated with worse outcomes when you're infected with viruses in general, and so having some of those illnesses and having them be less well controlled, or maybe even having more than one of these comorbid conditions, those are sort of the the more complex cases where that shared clinical decision making conversation can become a little bit more difficult. But in, in my practice, again, having more than one of these sort of underlying chronic medical conditions, to me, sort of gives you an additive risk. And so those are patients that I might also recommend get the RSV vaccine uh, in this season. So, you know, to conclude, I recognize and I think most of us recognize that these conversations will be difficult. There, There aren't rules out there that say if you have this disease or that disease or two or more of these, or if you're this specific age, this is when you start really strongly recommending it. Um, but I think some general guidelines that I would uh, sort of advise for the general practitioner is that age is, is one of the major in, in risk factors. And as you're moving from one decade to the other, that might be how I could make you could make a strong recommendation. Having COPD, CHF, asthma, these cardiopulmonary diseases, those are fairly high risk groups in the setting of, of having an RSV infection. And so those, those might be patients that you could make a strong recommendation to. Consider the frailty of your patient. Frail sixty-year-olds uh, could have a severe RSV illness, even if they don't have congestive heart failure. And then also consider, you know, sort of the additive effect of having multiple comorbid conditions that historically are associated with more severe outcomes with RSV as well as other viruses. And uh, having two or three of these conditions again, you know, that adds to overall your overall health status and as well as, as, as frailty. And so those are, are ways in which to sort of categorize or classify or or waive um, risk of severe disease with RSV. And you know, the last thing I would say about this is that I think that as these vaccines roll out and as millions of people around the world get these vaccines over the next couple of years, you know, the CDC, the ACIP, the FDA, they're all going to be looking at this data again. Um, and these recommendations will change. And I think as as more evidence um, becomes available as to how well these vaccines protect these specific populations within that 60 and older group, I think the ACIP will be better able to make stronger recommendations. So stay tuned because those will be reviewed semi-annually or
0: annually for the next couple of years as we get more data. Thank you very much to Dr. Branch. And thank you to our listeners for joining in. Please be sure to check back for more episodes on important infectious disease topics. Thank you and have a great day.